Labor Day weekend. It's been a long time. Filibuster Freestyle. We are back. Theme song's coming up quick. Got a little misdirection pod for you. It's a little something new on filibusterfreestyle.com. Filibuster, filibuster freestyle. Filibuster, filibuster Watch freestyle. out for the filibuster. Filibuster. Freestyle. Filibuster freestyle. It's the filibuster freestyle. Filibuster freestyle. All right, so we are back. Your buddy Gavin, filibuster freestyle, quasi hushed toned on a Sunday evening podcast. We had a little bit of background noise there, too. I'm going to get rid of it. Going in a different direction, like I said earlier. And just by that, I mean, I don't know, a little commentary, a little take on what it takes to be successful, not necessarily through my own eyes, but, you know, through some observations. And, you know, we talk about tennis a lot on this show, especially with lawn and racket sports expert Andy Maslin. Um, We talk about it as a sport. We don't talk about it as a metaphor for success and personal drive and trying to stay on top or deciding when it is time to hang it up or get out, whether through retirement or just wanting to do something else. So we're going to do that. To my knowledge, in our seven-ish years of doing this show, we've never done that. Anyway, brought this person up around the Olympics, Naomi Osaka, okay, U.S. Open taking an indefinite leave from tennis. And I'm not going to touch that aspect at all about why she's taking a break or anything like that. Not my business, not my place. I do stand by my take from the Olympics when she was upset by the eventual silver medalist that playing four competitive matches in three and a half months leading up to the Olympics just isn't enough tennis to be ready to be sharp for the Olympics, no matter how good you are, no matter how talented you are. But honestly, her, Naomi Osaka, taking a leave from tennis potentially via her post-match comments the other night has me thinking of things in the following way, which has nothing to do with any individual, nor even tennis by itself. But when we set goals and we actually attain those goals, we reach those goals successfully, we actually then get confronted with, did I actually want to do this in the first place? Which I think, you know, if you think about a youth tennis player and they break through from the youth circuit to the challenger circuit, all through college maybe, whatever it is, and they say they break through as a professional, they even win a grand slam at a young age, or even if they've been plugging away for five, six, eight years, but it's their first one. Think about how many of those people who achieve that lifelong dream in tennis, for instance, yet who never win a second one. And then if you pivot it to regular people, and by that I mean people who work in an office or do whatever they do for a job, they set a career goal. They attain it. They reach a position that they wanted to reach for 15 years. I can talk about that from my personal experience. Or somebody saves money to purchase a home or to purchase a business or to start a new business. And then they, they actually buy the house or start the business or reach their career goal, which was their career goal. And then you realize I actually need to serve in the position or pay for the new roof when it's leaking. And then that's kind of a fork in the road moment. So you reach the mountaintop or this goal that you set for your life and or your career and then at that fork, you know, 
was getting there once the end of the journey or is this the beginning of another one in which you need to keep feeding that desire? I think projecting here, but what many athletes go through and many people go through and what the pandemic actually probably exacerbated for a lot of us is once you reach that goal is, is everything that comes with it, including the pressure, but also all the other baggage, good and bad, that comes with it, worth it. Was that part of the dream? Was that part of the goal? Was that part of the plan? And inherently, you've no idea if it was or it wasn't because you haven't achieved it yet. So you can only make that decision once you reach that mountaintop, that goal, that success, that target you were shooting for, right? But the greatest champions seem to literally be addicted to the process of winning and success. And whether that's literally a tennis champion like Novak Djokovic, who's just buzzsawing his way through the tennis history books, or somebody in business, or somebody, again, who does purchase a new house and realizes, hey, I can't wait to flip this house and turn it into another house or to two houses or whatever it is. There's that difference between reaching that goal once and using that goal as the next launching pad. But the greatest champions, the greatest successes, they just don't seem to feel pressure to win. They almost feel more of a need to fill a bottomless pit that they have inside of themselves in reaching the next success. So when you achieve a lifelong goal, it's very normal for some folks to realize that, hey, having a target on my back really isn't a part of what I wanted to get involved with. So you have this new found notoriety or all the honors that come with it, but also all the hangers on and the scammers and the fair weather friends and the haters and the people that try to cut you down. They all come with your success too. And a lot of people realize that that BS that comes with success is the absolute worst part of reaching success. Not only is it stressful or annoying, depleting, emotionally draining, etc., but it's also just a distraction from what your goal used to be, the singular thing that you've been trying to do forever. So it's normal for some folks to quit or take a break or for others to lose their edge and never quite get it back or for some people to lose interest for a while only to come back one day even more focused. But so whether you're taking a step away because you didn't understand or think about or fully comprehend all the baggage that would come with your success or you just realize, hey, I wanted this thing, I got this thing and I'm good, I'm moving on. Listen, same thing in music. Not every one-hit wonder turns into the Rolling Stones. Not every one-hit wonder turns into Jay-Z. Even very successful rock and roll bands, rappers, whatever, country music acts. Not every single one of them does the thing that puts them at the top of the heap forever. Thousands of great basketball players, only one Michael Jordan, right? And then people get close, but there's always people splitting hairs. But to get to any level of that, quote, top five... You don't really get to uh, pick and choose the baggage that comes with the success. You just find a way to keep pushing forward. So anyway, if someone decides they want to keep pushing indefinitely, a la Novak Djokovic, for instance, those people still need luck and good fortune to stay on top or to keep succeeding, whether that's physical health luck 
or avoiding a scandal that dragged you down in a regular job or any kind of job luck or something like a global pandemic just showing up at the moment when you achieve your dream or your position or your target and it completely throws every plan into chaos and also makes one question, was it worth even having that plan in the first place? So all I'm saying is whether you're a tennis player or you work in an office, whatever you set for your goal for success, if you reach it, be careful for what you wish for because then you get the whole other side of the coin, which you could never fathom on your singular journey to getting there in the first place. But for the folks who decide to stick with it and have the drive and have enough good fortune, the most amazing thing is even if you want to do all that and you have the luck and the good fortune, the skill and the drive, and the execution skills, and you get it all there, there are still thousands, if not millions of people who think that they want to take your place and who have set a goal of getting to where you currently are. And their goal is to follow your path and to replace you. So a person with the ability to look that in the face and find it motivating instead of daunting or debilitating, excuse me, I think that's what sets apart those ultimate high performers from the rest of us. But the rest of us is a big group, including other elite people. And sometimes they walk away on their own terms, and that's okay. Sometimes they realize they're going to walk away even if it's not on their own terms because they don't want to deal with the rest that comes with it. And sometimes they just say, you know what? I hit my number. I made enough money. I can live a good life. I don't want all the rest of this. And I'm good with it. So it doesn't matter if you're a tennis player, if you work in an office, or anywhere in between. Just an interesting observation, maybe to you an uninteresting observation. But regardless, filibusterfreestyle.com, subscribe, rate, review to the pod, wherever you get your pods. Why did I share this with you tonight? Because honestly, been really tough finding the time to do pods anymore. Been really tough having enough time to think about topics that would excite me, let alone hopefully would excite you, the listener trying to plug away, but trying to do it in a way where we're not forcing it. I don't think tonight was forcing it. I think tonight was we had something to actually say. We also aren't, I'm not home enough anymore to do stuff like the last 10 minutes of a great game or to, you know, take 45 minutes out of my day to do a quick phone call with somebody on something that's interesting at the moment. That's just not how it is right now. We're back to normal life and we're busier than ever and that's okay. But sometimes we struggle to do the things even that we like. So anyway, that's why we share this tonight, amongst other reasons. Filibuster Freestyle, once again, thanks for listening.